Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and John Mallory. All right, let's, JM, no <laughs> headlines today. The headlines are that we've got a couple of the big, big, big gurus with us. This is like uh, an all-star lineup. Oh, it doesn't get any better than this. Just think, think about the money that these two guys have. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just yeah, amazing. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, Drent... He he was his his body was a little too low, so he's sitting on a pile of money just raising. <laughs> just amazing, just amazing. <laughs> My name is Tom Zappler. Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show. We have a great show today. This is a special show. My partner JM is in New Hampshire. Mr. Joe Orlando, newly crowned president of the sports division of Collectible, is joining us for a few minutes. Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Brian's in Denver. Joe's in California. Tom's in Florida. JM is in New Hampshire. <laughs> and Rico, pots unknown. Rico's pots unknown. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to both of you guys. We're thrilled to have you. And a little later on, we've got Leighton joining us from Vintage Breaks. And then Big Al, Al Christofoli, who... Uh, I don't know, man. He's, he's wearing it in a hair bun. Listen, now. Zap, I, if you don't mind, I'm just going to take the headset. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this show. We got we have a lot of lot of people. I think I can just kind of observe today. What do you think? No, it's going to be great. We got a good show. <laughs> we, wanted, we asked Joe, Joe, number one. I mean, Brian's going to be with us for the entire hour. Oh, that's so awesome. Asked, yeah, we asked Joe to join us. Joe, first of all, uh, uh, welcome and congratulations on your new venture with Collectible. Uh, and the whole fractional buying thing. Right out of the gate, Joe, what made you choose Collectible? No, it's a great question. So over the past several months, I've been kind of wrestling with uh, what I'd like to do, you know, the next phase of my life here. And so it's always a combination of things, but the the, the few things that, that stood out to me and got me sort of over the goal line was I was trying to think of where the market was headed, where collecting is headed. And I just feel like, fractional is going to be more relevant as time goes on in part because you see market prices even today and kind of escalating in, in many different areas and it kind of keeps people out of the game and i believe fractional kind of keeps people in the game especially new people who want to put their toe in the water and get a start <clears throat> um so that's part of it um, and the and the other part of it really was getting to know uh, Ezra, the CEO of Collectible, and some of the team members there. I felt like there was a real <laughs> meeting of the minds about uh, content, uh, evergreen content, the type of content that will be relevant, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, and, and the impact and value that that has. It was something that I was a part of at Collector's Universe and PSA for 22 years, and I really feel like that's a, it's a great opportunity to kind of plant seeds with new people, cultivate new collectors and, and really educate them about what they're buying. And I think the more you educate buyers, the more apt they are to participate. So I think that really helps everyone, not just collectibles. So those are the two things that really stuck out for me. Brian and Joe, thanks for both of you for, for being here. It's great to talk to both of you. Hope to see you guys both in person pretty soon. Joe, let, let's stay with that concept and let's talk about the concept. We've talked about fractional buying on this show uh, quite a bit over the last few months. But to those viewers and listeners maybe who don't know what it is, maybe know a little bit about what it is, can you just give an explanation of the concept of fractional buying and what it is? Sure. So in simple terms, um, as a buyer, it allows you to buy a piece of something um, if you don't want to buy the whole thing or can't afford to buy the whole thing as a seller, it allows you, you can sell the whole thing if you want, but if you want to retain an interest in it, you can do that. And I think when you think about how much 
again, the market has changed. And I know I, I do this and, and maybe even Brian does this. You think back to the way things used to be, that you know, the values that, that used to be, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. And there are things now, um, you know, that are in my own collection that I used to own that I couldn't afford the right, the check on. I mean, so I start to think like, geez, if, if this is getting away from myself, some of my collector friends, the fractional platform allows for participation when the market starts to escalate. And, and, and I'm not telling anyone on the, on the call here uh, what they don't know, but as we've seen the last couple of years, there's been you know, huge surges in, in a variety of areas. And you know, I don't think that's going to change on the really iconic, rare, high quality memorabilia and cards. And knowing that, or at least believing that, I really think that fractional, again, it gives people an opportunity to participate. And it appears that younger people are way more um, open-minded to the idea where maybe a traditional collector myself, and I've been very honest about this out of the gate, look, I have not experienced fractional as a collector yet. Um, I'm a traditional collector. I turned 50 in October. But it seems like younger people are way more open-minded about the concept, and that's the future of the hobby. You know, we were talking about this, Brian, you and I were talking about this about a week ago, how this whole concept has it's, it's been a learning experience for all of the guys, the vintage guys that have had 20, 30, 40 years of experience. It's, everybody's kind of learning on the fly, isn't that correct? Yeah, you know what, when we did talk, and then I even gave it some thought after, and first of all, I want to congratulate Joe uh, on his uh, recent uh, move to, to Collectible. I think it's a great uh, uh, move, and uh, I'm sure uh, you're excited, and, and everybody's excited uh, that you'll be back around uh, uh, and, and more of a focus now. Um, but getting back to, to, to vent, you know, to uh, Fractional, you know, we've been doing this for so long that uh, some of us get uh, in a rut where we, you know, in uh, the way we think about things, fractional is a very interesting, uh, you know, landscape. And it, it's uh, definitely, uh, Joe pointed out a lot of the, the features of it and, uh, you know, how that could become more of a focal point going forward. I, I do believe, like Joe pointed out, that younger collectors, um definitely may gravitate to that more than the veteran collector. Um, that's I not agree. to say the veteran collector might not, uh, you know, obviously uh, it, it's easy to translate your own financial uh, decisions uh, in regards to your finances into your, into your hobby. So you can understand how this works. Uh, so it, it, it's definitely an exciting and, and interesting part of the hobby going forward. Joe, what is your role going to be with the company? And your title, and your title. <clears throat> yeah, so the, the, the title um, that I've been given is the president of sports for Collectible. And out of the gate, my, my role is going to be in developing and creating a lot of this evergreen content, the educational sort of aspect of, of the hobby. I, and so that's going to take up, I think, a lot of my time to start. My, my guess is over time, my job is going to change quite a bit as we think about um, new features, you know, expansion, that sort of thing. But, but really uh, for the first year, I think a lot of my focus is gonna be on the educational aspect. And I've been really fortunate. Um, I've had great mentors since I was a, a little boy in this hobby. I've ha <clears throat> I had the opportunity for 22 years to work alongside some of the uh, finest experts in the field and was really involved in the authentication and grading standards and guides for almost everything that PSA does. So I, I'm in an op, you know, in a, in a position, I think here again, recently turning 50, it's now time for me to share some of that with others. And if that can help bring new people in, make them feel more comfortable. Again, I think that that's going to be a benefit to collectible, but I actually think it's going to be a benefit to the hobby. If we can get more participation. Uh, I, you know, something <clears throat> you're making a point and Brian, you were making a point. I, I really think in my heart that the whole concept of fractional buying can work hand in hand with the, with the auction houses, for instance, or, you know, 
it's all it's 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 kind of one family, and I really think that one is going to help the other. I you know just in both directions. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's complementary. Like I think that you know I, the way I've put it, you know, in the last couple of weeks is it's not an all or nothing proposition. I mean, there may be people that decide, well, I want to do eighty percent of my collection, kind of from a traditional perspective. And maybe 20% they participate in fractional. And you'll have others that'll do the exact opposite. Um, so it's it's not an all or nothing proposition. I think it, it, it's about optionality, flexibility, like I said. And I, again, I've been talking to co collector friends of mine recently. And again, we reminisce about the things we used to own. And I as I look forward, I start to think to myself, well, collectors will have a choice. When the market starts to get away from them, they could either stop collecting because they can't afford it anymore, which we don't want to do as collectors. We're wired a certain way. You can change your quality standards, and that's very, very difficult to do. If you're used to collecting eights, it's hard to collect fours because that's what you're attracted to as a collector. Or you can become open-minded about the fractional concept. And so... I think it's just it's it's going to be an option for people, you know, that is increasingly relevant again as the market kind of forces our hands as collectors to make these decisions. So, Joe, in, in that way, almost like an, an auction, and we, you know, we interview a lot of people on the show that have auctions running that has, you know, the, the big ticket items, the roots, the Gehrig's, but then there's also those $200, $300 items. You know, it's almost like it's, it's an inclusive. It's actually an inclusive way of, of buying and selling items, almost like, you know, I, I can't buy IBM, but I can buy a share of the stock. I mean, is that, is that a decent explanation of it? Absolutely. And I think it gives people comfort. Again, let's say you're brand new to this. You're, you're, you, you, know, you, you don't know much. You're a novice in this, but you want to participate. It makes you feel good that you're, if you're buying a piece of something, but there are also 300 other people that are in, they're all in, you're all in the same, you know, in the same boat, so to speak. It gives you a sense of comfort that others are right there with you. They have skin in the game, just like you do. And so, yeah, that I think a big part of it is is what you just described. It's it's bringing people in, making them feel more comfortable. And and here's the kind of the irony: I do believe that a lot of people who start with fractional will will become traditional collectors. And right. that's again, I think a good thing yep. for the entire hobby, not just collectible. Hey, listen, Joe. Before we let you go, I want to get your take and Brian's take on 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 this baseball <clears throat> again. Show is being taped. Today is Friday. I know the show is airing on Wednesday, but the uh, uh, baseball is going to happen this year. Do both of you guys think that the if, if this were to have continued into the season, missing a third of the season or half the season, would, would it impact the hobby because of uh, uh, the lockout? Did it happen in the past with the last lockout? Joe, you first. Sure. Um, well, <laughs> the 1994 baseball strike was devastating at, at that time, um, and largely because baseball was such a dominant force in the hobby. I mean, people did collect basketball, football, hockey, and so on, but baseball was overwhelmingly dominant. So when baseball stopped, and it was so abrupt um, that summer for, for those of you who were fans, and I certainly was, it just it was like the rug was pulled out just in an instant. That was devastating. I think, yeah, it, it would have hurt for sure. Um, but I don't think it would have been as devastating because now basketball, football have become much more popular in the hobby and in other sports as well. Um, but it, it would have hurt in my view because, look, let, let's take a guy like Mike Trout, who's, you know, a face of baseball. Last year, he missed a, a large portion of the season for it, due to injury. I think he pulled his calf early and he never came back. Right. What if he missed a, a, almost an entire another season? I mean, people, they they collect these guys and they they think about their future. They think about, OK, where is this guy going to end up when all is said and done? And they and they look at their career numbers. So, you know, time is precious for these guys in their careers. I mean, an injury can happen at any time. So when they lose time, I, I do think it affects collectors. But I, I don't think it would have been nearly as bad. As as the as the ninety four strike, Brian. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, 
pretty much with exactly what Joe said. In 94, baseball was the basis for everything we do. Uh, there was obviously other sports, but it was predominantly baseball. Now, I mean, people are collecting. Uh, basketball cards have become huge. Football, uh, UFC. I see Serena Williams cards going for tons of money. You know, it can be... Uh, uh, you know, racing. Uh, so th there's definitely that, but still the backbone of what we do is baseball. And like Joe said, I thought about Mike Trout exactly just like he had th uh, mentioned a week ago <clears throat> and he lost all of that year and then was going to potentially lose a period of time this year. And, and like Joe said, we measure things on 500 home runs, 600 home runs, etc. And, you know, and, and he wasn't, you know, some of the players may not have been able to achieve those career numbers because of uh, lockouts like this. All right, Joseph, we, uh, we wish you the best. And you know what the best thing out of this whole thing is now, Joe? At the National, we're going to see you at the National. And you can take Ellen and I out to dinner again on your dime. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ellen and I, we're, we're, uh, I'm coming along. I, I, totally I totally forgot. All right, Brian, forget it. You can take me out to dinner. <laughs> That's right. You uh, and I will go. Joe, kidding aside, we wish you the best uh, in your endeavors, and uh, we're going to keep in touch down the road. Definitely. Hey, great to see everyone, and, and, and hey, have good a great seeing you, Joe. Congratulations, best, Joe. Thank you. My best Congrats. to your beautiful wife and your two hellions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> take care. Okay, we are back. Uh, hey, Brian, that was pretty cool. Joe's a good guy, huh? Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited for him. Yeah, I, it's good to well, have him. It's good to have him back in the circle. You know, yeah, like you guys, like you guys said, we can really see him places and, uh, now. It's great. Speak, speaking of good guys, uh, we, we're going to bring another guy in here. This guy is in his spaceship. Right now, as we speak, ground control uh, to Leighton. Ground control, our good friend, Leighton Sheldon from Vintage Break slash Just Collect. How are you, Leighton? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Tom and John. What's up, Rides? Good to see everybody. Hey, oh, good to see you, Leighton. First of all, where are you? You you're, you look like you're in a spaceship or some type of a vehicle. So I'm in, I'm in my car as there was you know some delays at the mothership. Um, you know, getting getting started today, and now that we're here, we're in orbit, and uh, I'm in my car, pulled over. You know, to try to do this safely and talk about the Philly show and all the fun stuff that was going on there. All right. So, uh, you, I heard you say that are you going to watch the Rutgers game, or are you going to the Rutgers game? Well, they asked me to play, but it's in Indianapolis, so I won't make it in time. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of their six men got hurt, but so I'm just going to watch at a buddy's house. There you go. Hey, tell us about the Philly show. Uh, we weren't there this time around, JM and I. How was it? How successful was it? Well, I would say this in terms of people and traffic. If there were any more people, um, they literally would have had to shut it down because no there was question. already a delay. There was already a delay of people that weren't allowed in until like people left in terms of Tamaz's room. As far as Joe Drellick and management are concerned, and I think Bri agrees here, you yeah. couldn't have hoped for more people. It would have been impossible. It was utterly ridiculous. I, I, I don't remember card shows like this during uh, the internet era. Um, this was pre-internet. It was, I mean, you couldn't even walk down the aisles. You couldn't, on Saturday for sure. So, guys, what do you, let me ask you a question. What do you think is, is making this happen? Is it because the COVID stuff is kind of subsiding a little bit? I mean, we saw it at last year's Philly show. There are a lot of yeah. people there, Zap. It sounds like there were even more this time around. Or is it more germane to the hobby with, you know, the, the great young players or people getting interested in vintage? Is or, it the hobby or, or, kids, is, it, or is it just young, everyone wants to be population. out? I mean, uh, late, was there a younger crowd there? Did you notice the crowd younger? Oh, absolutely. I would tell you, if I had a guess, Right, tell me if you agree. This might have been like an all-time high of 25-year-olds and under. Yeah. I mean, there was really? an incredible sure. amount of, you know, because if you just said 10-year-olds and less, like, I don't know, right? There's a lot of kids. But if you then said, like, teenager, 20, 25 and less, because remember, for a 25-year-old, you make an extra 500 bucks in a weekend, 1,000 bucks. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a lot, a lot of money to me. You know, I'll take it if you don't want it. I just think, um, I, don't, I don't think there's ever been a time where across the board in, in all of the, let's say, the four major sports, let me, we can push hockey aside for a minute, but basketball, football, and baseball, I'm not sure there's been a time where there's been more emerging young stars. 
I mean, certainly in, in football and basketball, with the quarterbacks in football, the John Morants and the, the Jokic's and the Doncic's and the Jason Tatum's and bat. I mean, this is unheard of in sports, and I think it's reflecting in the hobby. It's a perfect storm. Uh, John, I think you're right, but if you add to that, uh, gang, the fact that of all those now young players, there's a one-of-one one or an orange parallel or some rainbow of parallels for all of them. Right, so right. So as long, as long as something hits... Like, it doesn't have to be Jason Dominguez. It could be another young ball player. Correct. Because all of them have some sort of colored parallels and inserts and all that wonderful stuff that's become all of a sudden very investable. Yeah. Um, you know, to a certain segment of the hobby slash, you know, the investors that are kind of taking that space by storm. I'm going to ask yeah. both of you guys this question, and Brian and Leighton. Brian, you first. So sure. at, at the Philly show, did you – Vintage. Let's talk about vintage. Was yeah. there not as much interest in vintage stuff as the modern stuff from where you are, from your perspective? Well, my perspective is a little bit different than probably even Leighton's, even though Leighton handles a great deal of vintage. But that's kind of our backbone, not that we don't handle modern. But I think vintage is absolutely as strong as we've ever seen as well. So I, I saw a great deal of interest. I've seen collectors come out that were attending shows that I sold cards to 15 years ago and, and really haven't been at shows. So like, like Leighton said, it's just a perfect storm. I mean, we have great young emerging stars. Vintage has gotten so hot. The cards and the collectibles as a rule of thumb are now really viewed as assets. Um, and then we have 24 seven, 365 coverage uh, you know, on ESPN and other major networks that we've never had uh, Good point. in regards to sports, but also in regards to our business. And so everything's just come together and we're at a really, really good place. Layton? Uh Listen, cards are the new fantasy sports. I know that I'm not the first to say it and I don't yeah. even really play fantasy sports, but I'll tell you the proposition is so much better because if you lose, you still have an asset. If you win, you have an asset and or you turn it into liquidity, i.e. cash. Um, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Um, and as far as the Philly show, I did want to add uh, two things. Number one, found it very surprising. And I know Brian and I do some different things. But first, totally agree on vintage. As strong as ever. And if you need to know anything uh, further than the fact that I wasn't able to buy that much vintage off of dealers' tables because they didn't care if they sold it. Because they were happy with where the and I saw like where the market's going. No one wants to relinquish their vintage because, in general, even if you start at modern, you're eventually going to graduate to some sort of vintage. We kind of all know that. Um, and then, second, what was really interesting as far as retail sales from the booth, we sold a lot of non-sports cards, vintage, modern. I mean, it was wild. Like I, I mean, we absolutely outsold sports. Now, to be fair, I'm not cheap, so I, I get it. Um, but we sold a great deal of non-sports. Um, and then just lastly, a special shout out to Joe Drellick for setting us up with, we did great an interview guy. with yeah. Goose Gossage. I saw Club that. Red. I heard yeah, that. That's, that's awesome. Goose, all you need to do with Goose is like push him off the ledge a little bit. Oh man, he was letting MLB have it. He was letting like, but, but all kidding aside, I was asking him questions, not just for Crosby, but like for other kids that are young, like what are some good basic baseball principles? So really we had a lot of fun kind of going back and forth. And then Spud, is uh, very, very humble, and to hear his story directly from him about how he ended up in the slam dunk contest, and like he really just wanted to go home because it was his rookie year, and how he played against Jordan, some of those fun stories. It was really a great show, so I can't he, wait he for the next one. But it's not a – the next show from Philly won't be the September, so – Correct. Um, you know, that's the only thing that stinks about the end of the Philly show. Well, listen, no uh, obviously, Leighton, thanks for taking the time. Enjoy the game. We're going to see you My at the National. Go Rutgers. Yeah. And we're going to see you at the national. We're going to see you in Philly. Look forward to seeing you when you're in Boston, Take baby, easy, you know, you're, you're in the studio with us. Whenever you get your butt down. Oh, uh, listen, I might be on your doorstep looking for a drink. You're there. <laughs> All right. Take care. Take Thanks, easy, Layton. Buddy. We're going to take right, a quick break. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we get back. We're going to talk with Brian about his auction. Hang in there. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. 
Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, we are back. And uh, you know something, Brian? You have another blockbuster auction. Uh that's going to be coming out of the gate and at the top of the list at this, this, this has got a great history and a great story. Uh, you're going to be auctioning off the uh, Charlie Sheen Wagner card. Mm. Can you give us a, you know, I, I know more, a lot of people know the story, but maybe you can, you know, shed some light on that, on the history of that card for some of the newer collectors. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. This is really, uh, a great auction for us. It's uh, I, it, it's going to be our best auction in terms of probably overall sales. But uh, um, the the lot number one is the Charlie Sheen All Star Cafe Wagner, and uh, Charlie Sheen was an avid collector, eighties, nineties, early two thousands. He joined with some other investors to open what was called the All Star Cafe in Midtown Manhattan. Other prominent athletes. Um, like Andre Agassi, Ken Griffey Jr., Tiger Woods, um, I, I, you know, I, Gretzky might have been involved. I, I think he sure. was, Brian. I think Gretzky was involved with that. Yeah, Gretzky, I, I, it just kind of, kind of left me for a second. But anyways, they opened what was basically a, a sports bar on steroids, and <laughs> uh, Charlie Sheen donated, not donated, but displayed some of his collection at the uh, All Star Cafe. There was an inside job with some employees where the T206 Honus Wagner card was stolen. And then ultimately they went back and stole some other things, including a 34 Gaudi uncut sheet, which contained the 33 Gaudi Napoleon Lajouet card. Um, but hold on, Brian, he, didn't yeah, they, go ahead. Did, didn't they, uh, maybe, I, maybe I, I'm mistaken. Did they replace the Wagner card with a fake yeah, and it wasn't even a good fake. But interestingly, <laughs> interestingly, nobody really noticed it. None of the patrons, none of the other employees. 
ownership, any of the investors, nobody really noticed it. What really happened was the group of um, employees, a couple employees, they went back and took other things from the collection, including that 34 Gaudi sheet. The FBI, it was noticed that those items were missing. And then the FBI was called in. They're the ones that identified that the Wagner card in the case was actually uh, a copy uh, and that they figured out that the real copy of the card had been stolen. Wow. So when they went to some of the employees, they, they kind of figured it out. They basically gave themselves up on the Wagner card, even though I guess at the time, maybe the FBI hadn't yet figured out that card was stolen. So it was a really interesting thing. Um, there's a great story that was done in Sports Illustrated. You can just uh, Google Charlie Sheen, Honus Wagner. It'll come up a great Sports Illustrated article. You can also get it off the links on our page. And then also a video, which really goes into a little bit more detail. Ultimately, the, uh, the uh, one main ringleader of this, uh, you know, was in a good deal of trouble and was interestingly pardoned by Obama towards Obama at the end of his, uh, his uh, uh, you know, run as president. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a really great card. Card, uh, it's a PSA 1, uh, displays nice for a 1. But then has that great backstory. So but remember, so remember, for all for all you young thieves out there, don't get greedy. <laughs> don't get greedy. Don't go back. You got something good. That's Just right. don't go don't back. Don't go back. Right? This is a this is a teaching moment on the show. Brian, <laughs> <laughs> right, what about some of the other uh, items in the auction? So th we really were fortunate enough to get a fantastic collection uh, by a customer and friend of ours out of Oklahoma. And the great thing is. He is actually donating in a charitable way much of the money, if not nearly all of the money, to the Boys and Girls Clubs of Oklahoma. Wow. Uh, in addition to the Wagner card, we are very, very fortunate. This card hasn't come up for 15 to 20 years in a public setting. We have the T206 uh, Joe Doyle with the New York uh, Nationals variation, which there's probably eight or nine copies yeah, known I mean, to exist. Wow. So I expect that card to really perform well just because it's literally, it could be 10 times as difficult as the Wagner card. Obviously, well, I, I think that card, that, card. that card could shock you. The, the final number on that card. Could, I really could, think you're right. It, it, could, it really could. I mean, that card is, uh, you know, Petit 206 collectors, collectors, that Joe Doyle card uh, has picked up uh, a head of steam as a, as another uh, Wagner cut almost. No question. No question. So we have that. And then we have, uh, we're breaking a T206 set as well. We're offering a complete T206 set that's completely PSA graded. I think it's about a 4.3 GPA. And then we have everything from uh, 33 Gaudi Lajueways and 52 Mantles, uh, game used Ruth back greater than nine all the way to, uh, you know, Panini, National Treasures, Joe Burrows graded, you know, right. high grades. And, and uh, so it, it's really a fabulous auction. And uh, it's really one auction that I'm excited to, uh, to be able to bring forward. JM, just one follow-up yeah, sure. question on the, on the T206 set. So you're sell, you've got a complete T206 set. Less mm -hmm. the wet, uh, well, actually, think about this you've got a complete T206 set, less in the auction, mm -hmm. less the big four. Less the no, big well, four. Well, no, you don't because you have the Wagner card in there. What I'm saying is, if you're a collector and you're a high powered collector, there's an opportunity here to, to buy get the whole thing to get the whole thing, right? Yeah, because we have a plank card too. Oh my god, so. Theoretically, one big-time collector, this is an opportunity for the entire T206 collection, including the Big Four. this probably is wow. the first auction that's ever had every T206, including the Doyle. I've never seen it before. That's why, I, that's why all of a sudden it hit me. I have never seen that before. No, where, I haven't uh, either. You know, this is this is an opportunity. I mean, if sure. you got deep pockets, obviously. Hey, Go ahead, Joe. Brian, no, it's a, it's an amazing auction. And my question, I mean, in terms of the sources for the, is it 
a, a source that, that's kind of like a return engagement type thing? Is, is it all different sources you're getting the, these cards from, including the set? Um, yeah. It's an amazing array of stuff you have. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, you know what? It it's definitely comes from multiple sources, and yeah. it came from a lot of hard work. And, and I've always said every auction, whether it's mine and or any of my competitors, great auctions uh, are the opportunity uh, or, or the culmination of two or three deals that you got versus two or three deals that you didn't get. Yeah, right. And this one, everything kind of fell into place and worked out right. Uh, I'm very fortunate. My staff's very fortunate. We're thankful. And uh, uh, it, it's, you know, there's, I've been doing this a long time and uh, there's auctions that you put out that you just have to put out on schedule and you're like, well, it's pretty good. <laughs> and then there's other auctions that you're happy to put out and you really feel like uh, uh, it's something to hang your hat on. And that's this auction. You have some unique that you have some, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, Hassan cigarette cards and some play ball cards as well. There's some really unique sure. items there. Yeah, we, uh, we got a, a major collection where it was literally, for the most part, mainstream for sure. Every set from 1887 Allen & Ginner all the way literally to the early 90s. Um, so it was all the top sets, all the Bowman sets, all the Playball sets, the Gowdy sets, right. tobacco sets, uh, turkey red set that we broke up. T205 set, uh, T202, T201. Uh, so it was it was a lot of fun to go through, a lot of fun to catalog, and uh, really put this this catalog and this auction together. Brian, your last auction was actually pretty damn successful too. <laughs> yeah, we, you know what? I'll tell you something. And, and uh, here at Mile High, we're on a good roll. But the whole industry is really on a good roll. Like we talked to Joe Orlando earlier about the fractional side of things. Now we're talking about the auction side of things. We talked to Leighton Sheldon about how his business was doing and how he viewed uh, a show, the Philly show, which was just mesmerizing with how many people were there. It was really crazy. So I truly believe our industry, and I refer to it as an industry versus a hobby, I fully know it's a hobby, the backbone of it's a hobby, but we've graduated to where we're truly an industry now hey. and a business, and uh, I think we're in a great, great place. Zap, I want, I want, if I can, I want, I want to circle back to something you brought up when we had Joe on earlier, which is if the baseball lockout had gone into yeah. the season, how would it have affected um, you know, collecting in, in baseball, I guess, specifically. And I certainly agree that, you know, for the current players, for the Mike Trouts and guys like that, the Bryce Harpers, all those great young players, um, you know, Guerrero and Bichette, they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't be putting up stats, so their popularity sure. couldn't grow a fade. But don't you think, and this kind of speaks to what Brian is just saying, how the industry is on a roll. I mean, we saw with COVID a couple years ago, sports completely shut down. There were no games. And the collectibles industry went into a, a complete boom. So I'm almost, I'm, I'm almost ready to say that, and maybe this is where some of those collectors go back to vintage, where the modern guys aren't playing. It's almost foolproof. It's almost strike or lockout or no game proof that this industry is going to go on even if the games aren't on TV that night. Your thoughts? Yeah, you couldn't be more right, John. I think, Great observation, Jam. Um, in 94... We didn't have the media exposure that we right. have today. Right. We didn't have uh, social media. There was no social media. News right. Cycle. Yeah. yeah. None of that. Yeah. We had none of that. And so we were <clears throat> reliant upon that day's stats, that box score. Exactly. Uh, at the time, you know, uh, what did this player do the, the previous evening? And that's how we had all, we've all been raised and it's, it's our mentality. Now, if it's not baseball cards, you're going to see people buying uh, UFC cards. They're going to buy, um, you know, Serena Williams, like I had yeah. mentioned. They're going to buy Pokemon. They're going to buy, you know, and, and there's a lot yeah. of opportunities. And guys, here and here and here's places. something else, guys. Here's something else. You know, with the coverage not only of the games. I mean, look at football right now. There hasn't been a game since 
the first week, second week in February. Yeah. And with the coverage of free agency and the draft, football's yeah. become yeah. year-round. Basketball's become year-round. When they're playing, you know, baseball, it's like the off-field stuff generates the interest where the games aren't even being played. Brian, before we take a break, how much of a learning curve has it been, not just for Brian Drent, but for Brian, for JP, for Leighton, for, uh, you know, all of the auction houses, the guys that have been uh, 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 in this business for a long time, how much of a learning curve or a baptism under fire has it been for you guys to really, really get in tune with the ultra modern market? Has it, has it been? Yeah, it's for sure been baptism by fire that's a good way to put it what we did and i think some others um i had to go out and find somebody that knew it better than i did which wasn't (laughs) probably that hard but uh (laughs) what we did is it was we brought somebody on board that really had more of a knowledge and understanding of the modern and then obviously the ultra modern and uh I think that was the best thing to do. But what it was is actually it was exciting. If you've done this for a long time, I'm not going to say you fall into a rut, but it, it, it's it's you're handling the same material. Sure, of course. Year yeah. after year, yeah. you know. And, and so when you have to learn something new to add to your quote unquote expertise, it, it's, it's exciting, it's interesting. And, and it was... You know, there's a lot of people that oh, I'm a vintage guy and, and I really don't like the modern stuff. And that, that's OK. But I I'm a fan of sports. And so I found it interesting to learn something new and, and delve into it a little bit. All right, listen, before we take a break, J.M., why don't you tell our viewers and listeners and Brian about our friend Joe Drellick and the CSA show. Be happy to, Zab. CSA Shows is proud to present the Chantilly Show being held on April 1st through the 3rd. Held at the Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia, just minutes from the Dulles International Airport. Celebrating over 25 years at the same location, there will be over 300 dealer tables exhibiting on over 100,000 square feet of space. With both vintage sports cards and memorabilia, as well as modern-day sports treasures, you won't have to look very far for that special card, bat, ball, or autograph. Major auction houses and third-party grading companies will be on-site to assist you with your collecting and authentication needs. Some of the greatest players to ever grace the gridiron are scheduled to appear, including NFL Hall of Famers Chris Carter, Jim Kelly, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, along with Super Bowl champion Tony Dorsett, Patriots running back Damian Harris, and many, many more. For more information, go to www.csashows.com. That's the Chantilly Show, where you can find all of your sports collectible treasures. Well done, JM. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Brian's going to stick with us, but we're also going to bring in Big Al. Big Al with the beautiful hair. Al Christofoli from Love of the Game Auctions. (laughs) Hang in there. We're going to be right back. If you are a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. 
we invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned, the highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. Sarah found out camping. What was that? Wasn't her thing. So she eBay board her tent to Tom, who just had to get out of his house. But Tom needed road trip money, so he eBayed the crock pot he never used to Steve, who wanted to turn the heat up on date night. But Steve needed counter space, so he sold his decanter. Thought it was a vase. To Sarah, who'd found a new outdoor hobby. Red. eBay. Sell something and make room for something new. And indeed, eBay is the place to go for all of your memorabilia, sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone or you want to just add to your collection, eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip your cards and get some extra cash. I shop on eBay all the time. That's eBay, connecting buyers and sellers globally. All right, <laughs> let's, uh, let's bring in the man with the golden hair. <laughs> Our good friend, Al Christopher. He looks like, a, he looks like a, an extra from a Guess Who concert. I'm, I'm like the, the, the dog, the bounty hunter of the I love it. That might be that that might be his homage to Meatloaf, actually, this year. Uh, you, know, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, and by the way, by the way, Brian and Al, a little behind the curtain info, as you guys know, you know, when 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 we're taping the show, you can't see what the audience can see. So you have to watch it. You can't see yeah. the graphics and the commercials and all that stuff. But anyway, before we I talk, I want to watch all those commercials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, listen, before we chat with Al, our giveaway, this handsome guy signed this, and this is our giveaway from the Staten Island Joe cheap bag. Yep. Uh, I'm going to do it right now. This is a nice sign, Rico Petricelli. Rico was about, I don't know, 24, 25 years old then. Yeah. So look at that guy, huh? This week's winner is we have a bunch of these that Rico gave us. So kind of cool. This week's winter winner is Brian Billingsley. Brian Billingsley, no relation to Barbara Billingsley, <laughs> who was the mother on Leave It to Beaver. Exactly. Uh, also a great role on airplane. Remember, she played the lady. Yeah, she played yeah, the lady talking really jive cool. on airplane. <laughs> I, I speak jive. I speak jive. Right, Brian, you know the rule. 
email us, text us, <clears throat> message us. You have one week to get in touch with us. If we don't hear from you, you're out. Okay, let's bring in Mr. Chris Foley. Al, first of all, congratulations. You've, you're up and running again. You've got a great auction coming up. But you have a charity thing going on. Why don't you tell us about it? Yes, yes. I'm really excited about this. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of folks out there are familiar with Greg Kreinler, the uh, uh, the artist. Greg and great I, artist, great artist. Yeah, he's, he's the best and, and Fabulous. Uh, probably the, the most noteworthy sports artist and a good pal. Um, and and uh, he and I have been talking about doing this uh, for, for years now. But uh, uh, Greg has created a, a beautiful painting of Roberto Clemente. Uh, which uh, which will be the uh, well it is the number one lot in our current auction. Uh, it pictures Clemente having just hit a double in the uh, in the 1972 playoffs, just a couple of months before he passed away. Mm. And uh, and this uh, it, it's a beautiful painting. It's uh, it's about 30 by 20, uh, mm. so it's pretty big. And and uh, um, if anybody's aware of Greg and how busy he is, he's got a, uh, a nine year wait list. It's like, yeah, it's like getting the cards graded at PSA. And, and so, <laughs> wow. so, and so, um, so Greg has, has uh, put a little bit of a moratorium on, on accepting private commissions right now so that he can get caught up. So, so if you want a brand new Kreindler, this is your chance. This is how you can get one. Now, is, is this a charity auction, Al? Is this well, just for well, this item? Greg, yeah, just for this item, Greg has uh, has expressed an interest in donating 100% of, of his proceeds to Unidos US, which is the largest uh, uh, Latino civil rights organization in the United States. And so we're going to follow suit and donate 100% of our profits from that lot as well. Very and, nice. Uh, and so, Very cool. Yeah, so there's that added benefit there. But it really is a gorgeous painting. Uh, if you go to loveofthegameauctions.com uh, right now, you you can see it. Not while we're oh. taping, though. Not <laughs> <up yet. laughs> hey, tell, tell us about the auction, Noel. You've got, uh, you know, this is your first auction of 2022, correct? Yes, it's our, it's our <clears throat> spring auction. We're, we're uh, loaded with – this one's loaded with pre-war. And, and, you know, we, I mean, we typically – lean towards pre-war to begin with um but uh, but this one is particularly heavy we've got a large grouping of signed exhibits including a beautiful 1925 walter johnson uh that when you go to the psa website um uh, the autograph facts website uh you know the exemplar yeah, yeah. is this card <clears throat> and so uh so that's pretty neat we've got uh uh 520 card t206 set We've got also a T two hundred five master set minus uh, minus just a couple of cards, and uh, you know just just tons of individual Hall of Famers and real heavy on exhibits too, which I like because I like exhibits a lot. You know what I like, and JM, you and I have talked about this many many times. We got Al Cristofoli from Love of the Game. We got Brian Drent guest hosting from Mile High. You guys are competitors, but you guys. A friends, all of you. I mean, it's it's, sure. a, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a brotherhood, you know, between all of you. Where, listen, your guy. There's no way you look. You don't look at it. You're, you're competitors, but you know, you guys are all. You, you kind of. And I've seen it a zillion times at the shows. You guys socialize. Yeah, you you, you talk. Sure. Uh, you know, you talk Absolutely. turkey. Yeah. Talk the industry, and that's a mm -hmm. that's something that has always really really uh, resonated with me. How you guys have always worked together. And I, that's a tip of the cap to you guys. Well, thanks. I, well, I thank think, you. you know, we're all kind of part of the same hobby and, and at, at its <clears throat> most basic level, it's a hobby and, and uh, it's, you know, it's good to know each other and to work together. And, and uh, um, you know, I mean, we all bid in each other's auctions. We're all collectors. So. Exactly. I, I mean, think, that's the other thing. I think, you guys, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen Brian, I've seen you, Al, I've seen you. I mean, you guys actually, do business with each other on sure. certain on, on occasion, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, so that's most of us. Yeah, and I think that I think that you know, obviously, baseball owners and players could learn a lot from that. And both you guys can comment on this, but isn't it true that you know, if there's if someone gets a great item in an auction and it spurs a lot of interest, like that's 
kind of good for the hobby. It doesn't like if you know if Al has a great item, it doesn't put money into Brian's pocket, but it spurs interest in the same business that Brian is in, right, Brian? I mean, that's that's yeah, that's like it, it, it generates think, interest. Uh, whether it's Al or any of our other competitors, if they really get a great collection, a great item, um, like you said, John, it doesn't put money in our pocket. But ultimately, um, in, in probably ways we can't even trace, it spurs on interest within the, the business. And uh, maybe it uh, gets us an extra bid or two on something that we'll never be able to quantify. Yeah. 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 This hobby is going to be here long after we're all not in it anymore. And and so in a way, we're all kind of stewards of the hobby. It's important mm. for us all to to kind of uh, convey accurate information and to and to explain the importance of the thing, the material that we're offering. And so the people that do it right, we all have sort of a mutual respect for. It. Hey, Zap, can I just I want to I just want to do a follow up on that a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. we saw in 2020 an amazing thing happen, you know, whether it was COVID, people being at home, people taking a look at their collections or spending a lot of time online, whether it was the Last Dance uh, documentary that spurred interest, you know, back to Jordan and maybe some more of the modern stuff. It was it was kind of a, a, a tumultuous year in 2020, and 2021 kind of had a little bit of an offshoot of that, a little bit of that that jet stream, if you will. Are we going to see a reset now, or do you think it's just you know going to go on from here? I guess to to make it short, 2022 and beyond outlook, you know, for both you guys, where do you see the business going? It's it's hard to see it turning backwards. I mean, I think that there is there is a visible softening in some areas, and and I think that that's natural. But I think you know there have been so many new entries into the hobby, and there's been so much enthusiasm. It's hard to see that doing an about face, you know, for really for any reason. Yeah. You know, I, I think what's great about this hobby is is that. There's really no limit to how much you can learn and how how involved in it you can get. You can collect at a very wide scale. You can find a tiny little niche, but it's you know all points in between. There's something for everybody. So when you see this influx of people coming in and discovering what it is about the hobby that they love, it's hard to imagine that that that's going to disappear somehow. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it ebbs and flows a little bit. It always has, um, but but it's. Basically, I mean, if we're talking about prices, um, which I think for the most part, we probably that's probably what we're talking about here. It's always been kind of consistently north. It has its little divots and its little peaks and valleys, but for the most part, it it goes north, and that's with anything. I think. You Al, your uh, your website out before we let you go. Oh, it's uh, loveofthegameauctions.com or lotgauctions.com. Either one will get you there. And when does the uh, auction end? Uh, auction ends on April 2nd, and uh, so that's a Saturday night. So there's plenty of time to register. There's plenty of time to uh, to peruse everything. We're, we're uh, just at the very beginning of this. Well, thanks for taking the time to be with us. You mean a lot to us. You. Thanks, Al. You get it. It's good take good seeing you, Al. Good luck. All right. Hey, take care. You too, Brian. It's a heck of an auction you got running. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right. Be good. Okay. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, Al's a good guy. You know, Great he guy. really is. Yeah. Good Absolutely. Guy. Runs a good business. Awesome. You know, he's he's very well respected, but I, I wish I kind of wish I had hair like that. <laughs> <laughs> you did probably at one time. <laughs> yeah, back in the fifties. No, no. No, he's Al's a good guy. Right, so we got a couple of minutes left. Brian, um, before you know you, you give out your website where people can bid. I want to get what is 2022 looking like? What's it what's it shaping up to be? <clears throat> wow, that's a great question. I, I think you you had asked uh, earlier, uh, you know, is there going to be a reset for 2022? I think we're just full force ahead. Yeah, There's agree. no reset. Yeah, right. I think uh, we're on to bigger and better things. 2020, obviously, we dealt with COVID. 2021, uh, you know, was was an interesting year to say the least, but 2022 people are ready to get back to normal. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, our business is so uh, in a great place and, and looking forward that I just envision a great year. Hey, Brian, so, what, what do you think of Russell Wilson going to the Broncos? I'm a pretty happy. I got to get that in there, there, right? Oh, I, I, mean, forgot, oh, I forgot. Good Lord. That. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I'll tell you yeah. what, that doesn't, I'll tell you what, yeah, that does not be fun. 
Doesn't bode well for the Patriots. There are too many good quarterbacks. The AFC is just stacked. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. (laughs) It really is. Brian, so you're going to be at the National. Uh, I'll be at the National. You're going to be be actually in Chicago uh, this weekend. Uh, So this will play Wednesday. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow, uh, Thursday, we're going to be headed to the show in Chicago. So come on out and see us. Uh, the weekend after that, I'll be in Strongsville, which is outside of Cleveland. Wow. Uh, wow. Come see us there. Great show. Uh, in Boston, um, the first weekend of April. And then before you know it, the National will be here. So, so is the Boston show, JM, I may ask you, because we're not going to be back, I may ask you to uh, make an appearance on our behalf. Okay. Uh, so the the Altman show is still a go. Absolutely, yeah. The, his family is going to take uh, – and run the show. It's happening eight uh, through the tenth there at the uh, Shriners Auditorium in Wilmington, and uh, we have the first table right to the right. Actually, first two tables. Uh, so come on in. Uh, we'll be accepting consignments, uh, giving free appraisals, buying, making offers on uh, collections. So we'd love to see you. Well, you know something, Brian. Maybe, and we'll talk about that uh, later on. But maybe to, you know you want to take a ride in and. Uh, like you did last time, and I'll be uh, I'll be here, but yeah. you and JM can can run with it in the studio. That may be an option. Oh on yeah, Friday morning. Yeah, right? yeah. that Friday. That could that be an option. That'd be sure. awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, your website address. And listen again, one last time. If if you're a, if you're a big time collector, and I mean big time, this is probably the only opportunity you're going to have to bid on a complete. T206 collection with all, every card, including the Doyle, the Wagner, the Plank, all of them. So it's an, it's an opportunity. Yeah, yeah go to milehighcardco.com. So it's milehighcardco.com. All right, Brian, thanks again. You you're, you're, you mean a lot to us. You, you've been a big, big benefit uh, to the uh, Great American Collectible Show. Thank you so much. JM, well, thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Have a great week, JM. All right, to buddy. To our viewers, our listeners, uh, you know, you can listen to us all over the place. <laughs> iHeart, uh, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Pandora, we're all over the place. With that being said, we love you guys. Thanks for the support and happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.